Stories are an essential part of life. They're in every living creature's DNA. Information, a story of survival, passed from parent to child, each page read shaping countless other stories simply through the act of listening. Sometimes they're meant to distract us, other times educate us, or get us to feel and understand new ideas and people. Maybe the meaning changes, or maybe it has multiple interpretations, but all exist and are told in time. So, let me tell you a story. First, like any good story, we must know where we are. So let me welcome you to the realm of Fayfall. Fayfall is a massive world, and it's one filled with magic, a wild force that actively shapes the lives of its inhabitants. This story, more specifically, begins on the continent of Emeralia, a lush, diverse land filled with all kinds of people. It is a land divided, with the kingdom of the elves and the nomadic refugees of the orcs, goblins, and giants battling over resources in the north, while the Aurelian Empire controls the central third, stalled in its quest for total control by the Ouroboros Mountains and the chaotic jungles of the Veridantes in the south. The empire is relatively new, and in its adolescence has become a prosperous nation, with millions of people living lives of relative safety and stability. This progress, however, has come at a great cost, one felt by just as many. Now, our story is missing one last thing, or rather, two people. <sighs> oh God, am I out of breath. I really gotta stop running around so fast. The name's but you can call me Scram. I don't really know where to go or exactly where I'm headed, but I'm making my way south, away from that cold and onto those sunny beaches. Hey, hey, come here. Yeah, closer. If you can keep a secret, I'm actually running away from the last place because I stole this amazing shiny rock. Well, as for my family, don't worry about them. I feel like you and I are basically family now. I'm traveling down this path to see if I can find some best friends or if I can help make a real difference in this southern world. I'm hoping to do all of that before my allergies or shortness of breath kill me first. Achoo! I'm a teenage half-orc living with my human dad on our podunk small-town cheese farm. My mom, an orc warrior, left when I was just a baby to join the other orcs far beyond the Ouroboros Mountains. Now, I'm sneaking out of Milkwick in the dead of night to pay off my own dowry and chase down my destiny, becoming an epic adventurer and hearing my name sung in every bard song, from the southern quartz beaches to the northern mountain spine. My name is Gorgonzola, but you can call me Zola. Our story begins with these players on a journey that will shape their lives and countless others. That is, if they can survive. Welcome to Try Not To Die.
Hello, creatives. Welcome to Unchecked Identity. I'm Natalie Briere. And I'm Michelle Stewart. You just heard a promo for the incredible Dungeons and Dragons live play podcast called Try Not to Die, hosted by Noah Perito. This podcast is an ongoing tale where the players make choices, roll dice to determine the success, and the story they plan bends and reacts to the paths they take. Today, we have the incredible honor of welcoming dungeon master and music producer extraordinaire, Noah Perito, on our show. Oh my God, that's my name. Please wear it out. Wear it out as much <laughs> as you can. Tell everyone you know. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. It is such an honor to be here. We're so happy that you're here with us. Um, Noah, you're based in Queens, New York, the glorious, the fabulous, the iconic Queens. Mm -hmm. That is right. That is right. I love it so much. The most, apparently, I, I believe, uh, you know, maybe I'm misquoting the world, but I had heard that it is perhaps the most diverse, like, borough slash, like, county, like, in the world. It is just, like, there's just so many different cultures packed into one area. I could totally see that. Although my brain just goes to King on the Hill, right? <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep, yep. King, King, King of Queens. King I of messed Queens. it up. Yes, I yeah, King it. of Queens. I buffed it. <laughs> uh, in a way, I am that. So I, I can't deny. That is also Queens. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, so you two went to college together. Can we hear a little more about that? Mm, yeah, now you want me to take it or do you want to take it? Why don't why don't you take it first? Why don't I take it first? All right. Well, I um <laughs> I chose Wagner because I really wanted to be in New York and all of the big schools that I applied to were either too expensive or they didn't accept me. So <laughs> I was um I went to Wagner it's a beautiful campus fell in love with it there met Nat I think our freshman year I want to say yeah, um, yeah. and our fates were intertwined through the acapella world and the resident assistant life you know um we both became RAs and it was quite a quite an adventure I loved it so much it was I believe you were a 12th floor resident and I was yep. a 13th floor resident that <laughs> yep, yep. basically attempted to move and live forever on the 12th floor because uh, your floor yep. was so amazing. <laughs> it was the art and music floor and and though I think everyone who joined that floor had a different definition of why they had come there. I think some <laughs> expected it to be like a a networking opportunity, whereas others were like, oh, I just like art and music. So it was, <laughs> it was a mixed bag, but it was, everyone wanted to be there for some reason. So it was great. That impression, I know exactly what dude you're talking about in my brain. <laughs> the second I heard it. <laughs> Several football players, literally like a good quarter of the freshman football team was there for some reason. So interesting. Where exactly is Wagner in New York? Um, it is on a beautiful hill, Grimes Hill, on Staten Island. So it is it is out there. It, we get to view the city very well, um, but we are very excluded from it in that way. Yes, and we are very close to the beautiful and always enjoyable Staten Island Ferry. Mm, love it. Mm. You guys are mm. true alumni. <laughs> true <laughs> alumni. <laughs> You really brought it with you. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Go Seahawks, baby. 
<laughs> we'll, we'll have to tag uh, Wagner College in our in our podcast promotion. Oh, they'll want to know what alumni are up to, right? So yeah. they should they should listen and boost this one hundred percent. Amazing! I support this. Noah, let's get into it. Um, Hell yeah! I have so many questions. Full disclosure: I <laughs> know nothing about Dungeons and Dragons. Close to nothing. <laughs> I know what a dungeon master is. Um, okay. Vaguely, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I guess I just wanted to hear more about this amazing kind of role-playing experience. And could you just explain Dungeons and Dragons to me like I'm a child? <laughs> I I would absolutely gladly do that. Um, actually, have, let me see if I still have something written down for this. Um, so in general, Dungeons and Dragons is a TTRPG, which means tabletop role-playing game, which means that one person, the dungeon master, me, and a party of PCs or player characters um, get together and engage in collaborative storytelling through playing this game of choices and chance. So basically like I sit down, I introduce the setting kind of like a narrator, and then I go, you find yourselves here and it's an open world. And some people play it a little bit differently. It's, it's the kind of game where there are set a lot of set rules, but the biggest rule of all is like the dungeon master leads. So if you want to bend those rules, if you want to like change the game to fit your style, you can. Um, and it's it's really lovely. You basically just sit down, everyone pretends to be someone um, and you roll dice to determine whether or not things go well for you. Damn, that sounds awesome. That sounds it's so really much, like so much fun. It really is. From my so if I'm understanding correctly, you're given pieces of a story, but you are writing this story in real time, essentially writing air quotes. You are creating, yes. crafting the story in real time, like a hundred percent. Yes, exactly, exactly like a god. No, <laughs> um, it, here's the thing: it's like if God um, had no control, like had enough control to build the world, but no control to control it. So. Um, Like, again, I'll describe the setting and I'll have um, a document usually that is going to guide me through whatever I think the session for that day will be. Um, And it'll have, you know, story beats. It might have a little dialogue pre-written for myself, not for the players, you know, just so that when they interact with certain characters, I know what they might say to them. Um, But ultimately, there have been many episodes and many sessions non-recorded where someone makes a single decision and I basically have to take the entire session and throw it out the window and just be like, <laughs> all right, we're, we're going, we're going off the rails from here. Let's just improv all the way. Wow. Um, where do you get your inspiration to create this world and create, you know, the settings? Like, do you draw it um, as you're walking down the street? Do these ideas just pop into your brain? You're like, I can throw that into the story. Or do you communicate with them with other um, dungeon masters? So for the longest time, maybe it might have started when I was just little and, you know, got stories read to me from my parents, or maybe it was... Um, when I would go over to a friend's house and we'd play Super Smash Brothers, which is a game where you can play as a bunch of different type of Nintendo characters, meaning like we would essentially be role-playing as these characters and then we'd go outside and pretend to be them and play Super Smash in real life. Um, I like I have loved the idea of stories. And so when I found the game, I kind of 
it was like all of the pieces of what my brain was already doing, all these kind of like creative little spirals, thinking about stories, thinking about wouldn't it be cool if this world could do this or that? Um, it all kind of meshed together with that. I've I've always loved world building. I think it's it's a fascinating story building process where you can just imagine things and then think about, well, how does that work? Like, how does that fit together and how does that affect the world around it? Um, so I mostly do it kind of like you said, I'll be like walking down the street and I'll be like, that's a cool idea. Oh, I like that. Oh, okay. Okay. I want this world to look like this and yada, yada, yada. So yeah, it's, it's pretty much just, I really love pretending to be a God, I guess. (laughs) And and this, this game really like gives you the opportunity to do that. No, all this sounds like incredible. I love the way, I love hearing how your brain works. Um, and I love that idea of like walking through your daily life and making everything fantastical and this kind of like imaginary place right in your head. Do you, um, to kind of riff off Nat's question, do you write things down in a linear way or do you like jot things down with images? How do you physically construct your story? So um, a lot of times, like for instance, let's say I'm on a walk and I come up with something, I'll pull out like the notes app and I'll jot a few notes down and then I'll come back and I have, uh, let's, okay. So Google drive gives me 15 gigabytes. I have 11 gigabytes. That is mostly of just single documents that are basically like, I will go in and essentially try to go linearly. Um, I'll try to go in like a linear fashion, but If that doesn't work, I'll end up kind of organizing as I go. And then um, I'll use Google to come up with reference images. So I'll be like, okay, I really loved in Studio Ghibli's Castle in the Sky, the way that the the aesthetic of the robots and like the way that their structures were built for these flying cities. Um, How can I incorporate? How do I describe that? And then I get those pictures, look up some words and so on and so forth. Wow. That sounds so amazing and so beautiful. Um, Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I, I also have never played Dungeons and Dragons, but I mean, I'm a huge fantasy book reader as well as like fantasy movie readers. And I can only see myself mm. getting entirely obsessed and absorbed being in, in D&D. And honestly, this podcast honestly was the first podcast that I had ever listened of D&D. Um, as well as like my first introduction to d and I didn't even know what it was until I started listening. Um, mm-hmm. I saw that you came out with this and I realized now like I've been missing out on life. I'm like, I need to find like a D&D group. I don't know where you find <laughs> that or how do you connect? I just got to throw it out on Facebook or something. Yeah, yeah it's, and... sorry, go ahead. No, there is a sidebar. There is um, a comic book shop in Davis Square right across from Five Horses and they have this back room like you walk through the entire comic book shop and it's incredible. And then they have these giant red drapes that are super dramatic and yeah. when you open them in the back, it's completely dedicated to D&D. And I know this because I interrupted a game once. <laughs> thinking oh it was like God. something cool in the back, like all of the, I don't know, like naughty manga or <laughs> I don't <forget> <laughs> and I opened the curtains and everyone shot me a look and I was like, I'm, I'm gonna go. I'm yes. so sorry. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the best way to find it. I mean, there's like, uh, people will play over like Discord and stuff like that. People will find, 
you can like contact people online, as you said, even just posting on Facebook. Yeah. Um, but definitely in person, like if, if, you know, if it's safe to do so, there's lots of game shops that host things occasionally. Um, uh, it is one of the most challenging things. The, the joke of d d is that like the, the rules are hard to remember, but what's, it's harder to get people together to play in the first place uh, because between scheduling um, and the fact that, as you said, Nat, lots of people love to play D&D, but to be the dungeon master or game master, it requires a lot of work, you know, to, to the point in which that if, if, it set, if it seemed like it could be, it would be a job. You know what I mean? Yeah, I could totally see that. Yeah. On that note, um, podcasting can feel like a second job, like the coolest yeah. job. But <laughs> what inspired you to merge your D&D life with podcasting? So I had in, in 2017, I had uh, moved to New York city again. I'd like moved back home after we graduated in 2016 and I moved into the city, got a job as an admin assistant for a financial firm, which was not for me. It is just definitely not my personality. It is, I'm opposed to a lot of the things that they believe. Um, but when I was there, I had like a lot of free time to watch things on like YouTube and stuff. I would like answer phones and order stuff for them, but I really didn't have too much like constant work to do all the time. And so I started finding shows like Not Another D&D Podcast, which is another D&D um, &D related podcast. Um, Adventure Time, which was one of the first D&D &D podcasts. It really like sparked the current, um, I would say like the present obsession with D&D &D a lot of people have. Uh, and then Critical Role, which is a, they live stream play their sessions on Twitch. Um, and it's a bunch of incredible voice actors who like take what the game is to the next level. So I started seeing all of these different creatives. I started seeing all these people that I was like, whoa, this is the community I'd been missing out on. Like I, I, I'm a musician by trade essentially. And I had always felt kind of not really connected to the community there, not for any negative reason, but just because um, music felt really personal for me. Um, like it, it, it's very fun to perform, but in writing and composing and learning, very personal. So um, this was the first time I got to see people doing it and connecting. And I was like, I think I can do that, but maybe I should do it in a controlled setting. So not <laughs> on live, not live. <laughs> um, off Twitch. Definitely not off Twitch. Um, and so basically I was like, well, I, you know, I'm doing music. I got all this stuff. I recorded an album and produced it. Might as well use this equipment I got. So, you know, it kind of just came together. I had all this stuff and kind of, it all meshed. Damn. That's awesome. And then I know you also have a few of your friends who are on it as well. How did that all come together? Were you playing D&D &D originally or did this kind of form with the podcast idea? So, um, uh, way, way back when I started getting really interested in D&D, &D, uh, I was like, oh my God, I absolutely have to get everyone in my life involved with this because I need to be doing this as much as I can be. I need to, <laughs> I don't know if it's escapism that I'm looking for. Super or just healthy. A, a, it's super healthy. Um, I, I don't know if it was just me trying to run away from reality because at the time we had a very difficult reality and we still do, but it was just very peak difficult right at that time. Um, and I started playing with some friends. I DM'd the campaign. I was really, really green to it. So like I wasn't, you know, I, I'm way better than I was then, you know, and uh, that campaign kind of ended, but I had gotten 
uh, my friend Shane Erter to do it. And then later on when I had come up with this idea, I knew that he was interested in voice acting. And I thought of my friend Lisa, Lisa Kandemi, who fantastic singer, fantastic act- actor. Um, and I knew that they liked D&D as well because we had started to like bond over it. And so the three of us got together and I was like, I have this idea. I'd love to have you guys on as, you know, essentially main cast slash co-hosts of sort. Um, and it took off from there. And um, we that was the main cast until about midway through the second season when Shane had to move. And then it was just Lisa pioneering it forward, just uh, them and I in the studio, which was truly wild. D&D is, a, is not meant for a ton of people. You know, it's like it, when you get like eight people playing D&D, it'll turn something that could be like a one hour situation into like a five hour situation. Um, and when you have just two people, it could turn a five hour situation into a 30 minute situation. So things <laughs> just move so fast. Um, but it was, it was such a wonderful arc. And then for the most recent arc, uh, Lisa's character went to the capital of the empire, which is like the, uh, the main antagonist in a lot of ways. And they, there they met Brigid, who is uh, a wildflower druid, uh, who is played by my lovely partner, Ashley Goodwin. So uh, we kind of have like a rotating cast going on with me hosting, Lisa co-hosting. Cool. That's fantastic. And, you know, the truest form of friendship is looping the ones you love into a lifelong commitment with no end. <laughs> of course. Like no, nothing, says, nothing says I love you like please spend... My, like any free time you have with me in this incredibly hot studio with no AC. Um, I hope you don't mind <laughs> that you I can't have the fan on either. <laughs> Noah, you're clearly influenced by theater. And I'm curious to know how that has shaped your mindset when creating these episodes or when creating the stories that you use uh, to forward the podcast. Mm, yeah, theater definitely is a huge influence on me. Um, in high school, I, well, in middle school, my parents tried to push me to do it and I was like, no. Uh, and then <laughs> I got to high school and my parents were like, you have no excuse. You have to do this. You're, you're talented enough. You need to do this. So um, I started doing musicals in high school. And then when I got to Wagner, um, I was going to audition for the musical theater program, but as Nat will tell you, it is a very difficult program to get into. Mm-hmm. And um, with my massive fear of rejection, I decided to stick with music <laughs> and psychology. <laughs> but um, in that time, I like obviously saw a ton of musicals. I became obsessed with writing music for musicals. Um, and in doing that, it, it I think that it shaped me in a way that it gave me the confidence to in the same way that went be in the same way that majoring in music and getting voice lessons in college did, it gave me the confidence to kind of be like, you have a voice, you have a presence, utilize that. Like that confidence, that presence, that ability to change the tone and lean in, being theatrical, just having energy to like perform. Um, that all came from like a background in theater and, um, since, you know, going to college and being around it so much, I obviously was heavily influenced by it. And in creating this campaign, um, we've gotten to the point where if we hit a certain, um, subscriber amount, uh, per month, 
we're going to make a musical episode of the podcast. So <gasps> it still God. is very much in my life. What? Is this like a known fact? Have you guys told it, your listeners? We have um, announced it um, because, you know, we're like, hey, sign up for the Patreon now and we'll get to do this. Um, a perfect way to plug the page. Um, <laughs> but uh, yes, yeah, so it, it has been announced, but essentially the general plan would be I would still be DMing and it would still be in general a, in, an improv session. It'd be kind of like a one-off, which is what um, D&D players call a set, like a campaign or a session that's limited to just like the one session. You know, okay. there's no pressure mm-hmm. to keep it going. Um, and so it would be, I'm going to DM it and then we'll have some moments where we'll be like, this is what the music will sound like. And then we'll record it and add it in later. Um, and we'll be turning our, like the music for the show, we'll be turning it into like music that has theater in it. (laughs) We have like battle themes and I'll be like singing in the back of the battle themes or something like that. Oh my God. Okay. That that will be born from this episode. Listeners, creatives, please, please let's make this happen. All right. Everyone subscribe to try not to die. Immediately. I know you I feel like you're changing the future of D&D and musical theater by combining the two I'm like I'm imagining this on a full-on set at this point I'm like costumes like this could go so far and I would be so listening to that slash if you need a singer make- in the background hey listen I can't make any promises but if if it takes off if it's good enough and enough people listen to it for me to be like I'll make a kickstarter then yes I'll happily fund and create a full stage musical a one act if you will for this for this episode whenever it comes out oh Hamilton watch out <laughs> yeah Hamilton Lynn I'm coming for you <laughs> Broadway watch out <laughs> um. I'm also curious, so you write a lot of the music for the background in Try Not to Die, right? That is correct. Me and Lisa Condemn, me and my co-host, we write the vast majority, vast majority, we write all of the music. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I write a lot of the battle themes um, and they've taken a lot of these like beautiful character themes or specific moments. Um, but yeah, we've basically gone back and forth and created the entire soundtrack. And I think now we're at like 90 different songs, some of them related, but most like different. I love that. I think that was one of the first things that really stood out to me listening was that the quality of music in the background really setting the scene, not only just listening you know, to the story as it developed, but being able to put myself with a soundtrack in these different situations really increased my interest and just kept me captivated. Um, and I'm also curious, how has the evolution of composing music for Try Not To Die kind of evolved? Because it's a bit medieval. Like, did you study like these old recordings? Where did you get that from? Well, that is, this is an excellent question because the music has really changed throughout the show. Um, when I sat down initially with Shane and Lisa, we had talked about like the different roles we were going to take. And Lisa and I agreed like with our background in composing and our love of music that we would take over the music. And we just had a sit down where we were like, okay, what do we think the show sounds like based on the story we're playing? You have these two kind of misfits um these you know outcasts what kind of music describes them how do we how do we work that in with motifs 
Um, and so we both kind of, we, uh, Lisa really wanted to write kind of video gamey kind of music. And I really wanted to write like classic Lord of the Rings style music. So we kind of met in a middle ground between the two of them. And then as we were writing, we started kind of utilizing musical motifs to demonstrate those kind of characteristics. Like we use a tritone whenever we're referring to the main cast heroes, because it's like a tritone is, um, a, it is an interval in music, which is basically um, a distance between two different notes. And it is very discordant. It is very hard to hear. It's in uh, West Side Story in the song Maria. It is in the Simpsons opening intro. Um, it is very odd. It's very strange, very intriguing. And so we were like, that's our outcast motif. And then from there, we've just built it on that. We've been like, oh, well, what does this person sound like? What instruments best suit them? And it's shifted and because of that. But there was, for instance, a uh, in the second arc, there is a tiefling who um, the world of Faithfall, even though it is vaguely based off of Earth, very the most vaguely. It is just heavily influenced by it in terms of shaping like accents and um, architectural styles and stuff like that. But um, we introduced a character who was a tiefling and she happened to have an Irish accent. And so her theme heavily um, in includes the dulcimer, specifically an Irish hammer dulcimer. So it it's kind of like little moments like that. It shaped the story, so on. Wow, I feel like I'm learning so much about this universe that just existed kind of like always around me, but I never really understood. You know, I know a lot of people, excuse me, I know a lot of people who play D&D, &D, um, but I've just never had the opportunity to sit down and, and poke, poke their brains. So this is great happy to be poked it's it's definitely <laughs> um it, it is a hard thing to get into because of as i said it's a lot of work but it is so rewarding and i hope someday that in the same way that a lot of sports and other types other forms of art exist in our world that dnd is on that level because i think that people thrive when they're given an opportunity to take on a different kind of role or a different kind of perspective i love that yeah, it's it's interesting you say that too because I can't help but think of acting um, or you know other forms of kind of role playing where you mentally maybe are in a an outside state or escapism or something like that and how I think there is a stigma when it comes to theater or acting and and maybe people who are more interested in sports don't want to cross those or gray those lines but with D and D because it's not necessarily, you know, in the theatrical or like, I guess, I guess, I guess it's actually a question for you. Like D&D, &D, is that in the arts area? Um, or could it be like bridged maybe more as a game? Like, is it what, how would you explain that a little bit? That is, I think, a question that is debated amongst both the people who play it and those who view it. Um, I personally think that art in a lot of ways is stories. It is storytelling, or at least they kind of interact in a way. So I think that it does kind of have a place in that medium. It is, you know, it also, it all depends on the kind of level you're taking it to. Like some people play D&D &D as strictly a dice rolling game. You know what I mean? They're light on the role play. The DM isn't expecting to do a bunch of voices. You know, they essentially just are like, you're encountered with this. And the fun that they have is the game mechanics and seeing them at play. Um, but other people play it more like I do, or like the cast of Critical Role, who they're all actors. So the content that they're making 
if a movie is art, they're, and if a play is art, then what they're doing is for sure art. I mean, every Thursday creating almost four plus hours of pure improv content based on a world that is so expansive that they could truly make any choice and it would change the entire story. It is, there's art there. I, you know, if, if there isn't, then I, I would love to see someone explain art to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, it feels only fitting to ask this question here and now. Noah, based on everything you've just talked to us about, do you consider yourself an artist? I do. And I think that anyone and everyone is an artist because art is action. Art is doing something and creating something and putting intent into it and putting it out into the world or keeping it to yourself. It's, it, it is really what you make of it. So, you know, I don't always feel like I'm a trained artist. Sometimes I feel like more of a self-taught or an amateur, but I do think that I am an artist. I love to hear it. I love to hear people take on that title because it can be such, I think as a society, we view that title as such a privilege and it's, it's gate kept in so many spaces. Um, and what I love about podcasting is that it is this imagined space. You know, it's a space where boundaries are pushed and revolutionary ideas like try not to die podcast are created. And uh, I think that's just like, I don't know. It's beautiful. It's inspirational. I love it. Yeah. Podcasting is a now more than ever, a very democratized process. You know, anyone can do it and the theater of the mind is open. So long as you have a mind to put theater into it. Um, so I, I think that it is just, a, it, it is a wonderful experience. I, I hope that more people get to have it. And I hope that more people get to embrace the idea of being an artist, because I think that we, we live in a society. We, we live in a society <laughs> where um, it and like everything is expected to come to a, a point. Everything is like you're producing for a point. Like the, the, you're trying to hit a goal. You have to monetize this X Y Z. But the reality is, is that that's not like inherent to art. That's in terms of. I mean, an art history person could obviously tell you way more about that. But we've been making art far before we started making currency and before we started being like in order to be successful you have to have this level of achievement xyz once again so i i think that hopefully we are in an age where more people are realizing that anyone can be and is an artist hell yes it is is it is the pillar of humanity I also Truly. think we just found the name of this episode, The Theater of the Mind. What do you think, Nat? Hmm. I like that. I like that a lot. Very apropos. Truly, that is anyone who plays D&D will know exactly what that means. Because sometimes you can play with minis. And for example, oh, I can't show this one because it's a major spoiler for the podcast. And if you ever listen to it, <laughs> you'd be like, what the heck? Um, but some people play with like minis, you know, little kind of figures and they'll have battle maps. But most people, because, you know, that's an expense that not all of us can really throw money at, um, will just play in their minds. And uh, that's beautiful. So Noah, why should people play D&D or any other tabletop role-playing game? Well, I think that the best reason would be to 
have fun in a world that is so dead set on you being productive constantly and being just focused and be an adult. Like, you know, there's what, I don't understand what's not adult about like seeking happiness. And I think that opportunities to play are essential for the human experience. Like it, it, I mean, if there's one thing that we lose and that definitely hurts our health, both mentally, physically, and otherwise, it is the lack of play in our lives. So I think that D and D and all tabletop role-playing games um, <clears throat> provide an opportunity for that play. They give you a space where everyone is on the same exact page. Like usually you, and for D and I'll sit down and have a session zero and be like, this is what I play like. These are my expectation or these are my expectations. Um, this is all that like I expect from you. This is what I do, like will, will hurt my feelings, et cetera, et cetera, triggers and such. Um, so everyone's on the same page when you go in, hopefully. And that provides a space that's safe enough where you can really be yourself or be something else that you haven't gotten a chance to do. So um, I think that everyone should play it because we all deserve a chance to explore perspectives and play. Yes. Uh, you're touching upon something so that I think about a lot, which is that I truly believe that imagination is liberation in every mm. single context, especially with people who experience oppression, because we're so often not allowed to imagine and not allowed to push boundaries, not allowed to take, you know, if we get into a university, for example, take certain majors like theater or things like that, because our communities, or our families depend so much on our success in a capitalist society. Mm -hmm. So it's on yeah. my mind constantly, this idea of like the privilege to play and the privilege to imagine. Um, oh, I love that you just said that. I love that. And I had something else in my head, but it. <laughs> oh, oh well, I got it. Sorry. Um, another a point I think that you're, you're touching upon is when we're kids, we play and we imagine kind of unchecked. We just like, like vomit our play, right? We just like mm -hmm. react and, and that's beautiful. There's beauty in that. And that's how ch children's minds grow. And that's how we become full-fledged people with personalities and, and all the good stuff. But you, you just said something that made me realize what I've never thought of allowing adults the space to imagine and play with consent right like that idea of speaking your triggers and having an understanding between the people that you're in the room with there's so much power and possibility in that I never thought of it in that way I think that's so incredible like imagine what could be created understanding everyone else around you and and then like playing to your fullest extent knowing and feeling comfortable and safe like I just think that's incredible. I I fully agree. I think, I mean, you know, there's, if you've seen some sci-fi things or anything or talk to anyone about the future, everyone is always imagining a world where it's like, everything's taken care of for us. So all we need to do is like have fun. And it, I think the idea that like everyone can agree that it would be great if everything was taken care of us and nobody had to worry about anything so we could just have fun means that we all simultaneously agree that we should be able to have fun right now. Like we should be playing right now. There's, yes. I'm not going to live in a world where everything's taken care of. If I'm lucky, my great times 15 children will <laughs> be able to live in a world like that. But like me, odds are I'm going to have to, I'm, you know, the world's struggling and there's a lot going on. So now is the time to play, like just go out there and 
tr- find happiness through exploring different aspects of yourself through art, play, whatever works. Yeah. And I also think, um, you know, when we're adults and we think about role playing or maybe like getting creative with your imagination or even I think, you know, acting growing up, I feel like this was in the back of my mind is that some people will say like, oh, you're being silly or it's silly. Like, you know, it's not it's not a serious expression of, you know, being a human being who has an imagination and has the capabilities of creating mm-hmm. whole worlds, of creating a new character and embodying it. You know, I feel like, yeah, I feel like there's so much stigma on adults, you know, using their imagination in those ways. And it, and it really shouldn't be because it's so natural and it's so healthy and it's so good to just explore different ways to have fun. Yeah. The idea that the idea that like seriousness is not some like whatever that play isn't important or serious is very confusing because truthfully, if you it's like if you look at all of human history, play has been essential. It has been the way like same with storytelling. It's all been essential for us to grow and succeed and be happy. And I think that there's just the reason why we feel otherwise is because we now live in a world where we have been trained to feel like we have to be productive. We have to do this. We have to do that in order to be worth, in in order to have worth, just in order to be like, you deserve to live. You deserve to have housing, food, water, and air to breathe. Like Mm -hmm. the fact that we've gone to the point where we're debating those things is, you know, evident of why we don't think play is serious. When in reality, it is the core of how humanity has got to where we are. And Every other animal, cats, dogs, all these other mammals, they play constantly. They just do silly things because they're just like, I need to get out some energy. And right now there's no mouse for me to kill. Like it's, <laughs> you know, that's, that's just like, that's growing, that's evolving. That's important. Um. So Noah, I think I'm going to ask one more question. And mm-hmm. I know, you know, you have the podcast, which is the newest kind of thing that you've started. But in the future, what are your plans? What are you hoping to to get out there or, or not get out there and like personally focus on? Well, I think that for sure, my goal right now is to get a job in the audio production industry so that I can get better at doing what I'm doing right now. In an ideal world, I get to make this podcast, Try Not to Die, becomes a, and I hate to say this in a capitalist sense, but in a, it pays my rent sense, a brand. And I can create more, like more projects from there. I mean, we have a Patreon and on our Patreon, we post like um, the music from the show. We post like these things called content surges, which are bonus episodes that could just be like a talk show or another game or a different type of session. Like I really would love to just be involved in that process. And I think that ultimately that just means I'm always going to be doing a million different things. I'm always going to be freelancing and doing like five creative projects so that I can have one that I really love. Uh, definitely the podcast for quite some time now. We're trying to get to a hundred episodes and then we'll probably do another campaign. Cool. And you divide your um, episodes into into seasons or series? Yes, um, I've been calling them, so we call every episode a chapter. So I, in my head, okay. I call them books, but we, in general, when we talk to like, you know, when we're like, when I'm posting on my Instagram, I'm like, 
this arc of the podcast, because campaign arcs are what usually people call campaigns in D&D. Amazing. Amazing. Well, I think that's a perfect place to wrap up uh, this episode, but we do have a really great announcement, which is that our next episode will also be with Noah Perito because they <sighs> wear hats. Shocker, surprise. <laughs> they wear many hats. <sighs> have a lot to say that is um, truly inspirational and we want to hear more from you Noah so we'll be welcoming you back very very soon yes I'm absolutely honored to return yes and Noah just for our listeners could you share any ways that we can promote you kind of where can we find you um how do we find the try not to die podcast as well all right well um what's your (laughs) my my Venmo, I don't have an OnlyFans. Um, <laughs> and given the fact that they're taking, you know, they're doing such bad work with it right now, they're going to remove all this crap. So, you know, I don't support them. They, they are screwing Fair over enough. sex workers. But um, I do have a, <laughs> I do have a Venmo, which is at Noah-Perito. Um, but also more importantly than that, I will plug um, all of my social media is at Noah the Infuriator, one word spelled as you would probably expect it. Um, and all of Try Not to Die's social media is Try Not to Die Pod. Um, that's Try Not to Die P O D. Um, and same with our Patreon. You basically can search that and you'll find us on anything. So Instagram, Twitter, I think we have a TikTok, but we haven't used it. Yeah, we're everywhere. Fantastic. All right, creativos, do not sleep on Noah Perito and the Try Not to Die podcast. Uh, and we'll be back with Noah very soon. Can't wait. Peace out. Bye. Bye.